0: I am here with Lee Jenkins, the head of products for Wax Blockchain, and I'm absolutely excited to speak about all the great things that's happening over on Wax. If you've been listening to the show, that this is a blockchain that I'm extremely excited about. This was my entry point into Web3. So I am grateful that you're taking the time to come on the show and share this information with the wonderful listeners. So thanks again, Lee.
1: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: Anyone that has really been listening to the show knows that this was my entry point. I came in as a collector, and then I saw all of the value as a creator and everything, and then I dabbled out, reached out to other blockchains and what have you, but I always like to come back to WAX. So as far as what's going on on WAX, I noticed it's such a collector-centric community, and it's just a great blockchain altogether. And would you like to share anything about that? Because it is fast, it is efficient, It's free for the most part, all the transactions, and it's fun.
1: It is interesting calling it a a collector-centric community because I don't think of it that way anymore. At the beginning, in the earlier days of Wax's NFT journey, that absolutely would have been correct. But I think that there's an interesting aspect of the crypto mindset that I think makes it not a collector mentality, but more of a utility mentality, I'd say. So let's give some examples. So when we think about the launch of the Street Fighter collection on Wax, that's when we really first started to see this. We had this tremendous demand for those Street Fighter NFTs. We sold, I think, 2.4 million NFTs in 24 hours. And then what we saw was that the people were not collectors they were flippers and i think spurred by you know that time frame in february march 2021 which is when that happened you had some other things happening in the crypto space like nba top shot taking off and cryptopunks starting to take off and things like that and so lots of people started to see nfts as free money to just buy and flip and that's when we realized there was a problem in the space that we were going to need to change how we do business. All throughout 2020, when we were doing NFTs, mostly with tops, but we also did some with Atari, with Animoca and with William Shatter. But in that time period in 2020, people were truly collectors. They bought them, they tried to get the whole collection, they held them, they acted like What you think of a collector as, especially if you think about physical collectors, people who collect trading cards like Pokemon or sports cards in the physical world, those people buy and hold and the time horizon for those people uh, to make money on buying and holding a collectible is years and years, you know, they don't expect that three seconds after they bought it, that they could flip it for a massive profit generally. I mean, you do have some people that will try to do that, of course, but there's generally a collector mentality. And so what we started to see in early 2021 is that you had far more flippers than you had collectors. And the problem with that is that if everyone's trying to flip and no one's trying to hold, you start to have a non-sustainable business model because the prices start to drop which is the same thing that we've started to see on Ethereum now, finally. The difference is Wax's NFTs have so much liquidity, meaning they're very low priced and there are a lot of trades, right? When you look at the number of daily transactions on Wax collections, they are magnitudes of order larger than Ethereum collections, especially, you know, last year at this time, when, when we were noticing the problems I'm talking about. The problem on Ethereum was people didn't even realize that their NFTs were losing value because there were like 10 transactions a day on some of these top collections. So, you know, CryptoPunks and Bored Apes were literally, you know, 10 transactions a day. So it's hard to see the value dropping when there's so few transactions. And the reason there were so few is that most were being transacted by a fairly small number of whales. Because again, who can afford the prices those things were going for? Unlike on Wax, where you know you have NFTs that mostly sell for less than $10, there you were talking about thousands to hundreds of thousands and even millions for individual NFTs. So they traded with great infrequency. So if there's great infrequency, it's really hard to know what the real price is. Whereas on WAX, we right away saw where this data was heading. And so that led to us realizing that we cannot be a collectibles business for NFTs. We have to be a utility business for NFTs. And that's where we started building games. And then the first game we made was Blockchain Brawlers, which has been an incredible success to date. It's now around the top 20 games in the world for blockchain games for number of users, The revenue has been very significant in that game with a very dedicated community that spends a lot of money on those items. And they do have a high affinity for those items because they are not looking to flip them. So they act a little more like collectors now because the NFTs have that game utility. So they don't flip as much. They hoard nfts in order to use them in the games and that's really where the model has shifted and that's where now i look at wax far more as a game chain than i do as like an nft chain or a collector chain because nfts to me they have many many uses but most people think of the jpeg now when they think of nfts whereas you know i think where we have headed is all NFTs used in games. And I almost feel like it needs a new term for that than NFT because NFTs have become so strongly associated with such a specific type of use
0: case that i feel is a use case that no longer applies it's funny you say that because even when i came in the term nft was something that i really never liked it didn't describe the asset or the item for that matter and in regular speaking i mean i've never seen someone outside of web3 use the term fungible and token in in any kind of context like that so it's very hard to even communicate what we're trying to accomplish or why we're so enthusiastic about this stuff using those terms. So I'm pretty excited to see that more games and things like that, which you can't even see on a lot of the other chains because it's just not practical, right? The WAX was set up and built in a way that really encourages this growth. I don't think even most people really truly understand what you can do on WAX and why all the other issues that are on say Ethereum or other chains You guys have actually solved this like years in advance, like before it was ever needed.
1: Yeah. Well, I think one of the greatest ironies of the blockchain space is that you have lots of data sites out there, or I'd say so-called data sites, that report on blockchain activity. And most of them omit WAX. And the reason they omit WAX is because WAX has too much data. So a data site doesn't cover WAX because it has too much data which means it's more difficult and more expensive to index what happens on the blockchain. Whereas on Ethereum and a lot of the other layer twos, where there's not nearly as many transactions, because remember that pretty much every blockchain in the world other than WAX has less than a million transactions a day. And in many cases, some of the top chains have less than a 100,000 transactions a day, where WAX has more than 20 million a day. So we are just head and shoulders above everyone else. But these data sites can very inexpensively run their business indexing this tiny amount of Ethereum data and layer two data, whereas indexing WAX would be harder and cost more. So they just pretend WAX doesn't exist. And then research reports that rely on those data sites come out and they pretend WAX doesn't exist. And so I think that One of the biggest reasons that so many people are ignorant of how much is happening in the ecosystem uh, of WAX is because we just get omitted from the conversation in so many places because of this great irony of blockchain. And so part of that is the data issue. The other part of it is coin market cap. Coin market cap is indicative of nothing, literally nothing. What we increasingly see now is a lot of these tokens have started to unravel, is that a lot of them were spending money they shouldn't have to buy their own tokens and manipulate their own prices. So that's why you have the world is upside down, right? When you look at the few sites that do the right thing and include WAX, of which DAP Radar is our favorite one, and you see that of all the chains they cover, WAX has the most activity by far, but the smallest market cap. And then if you talk to any VC out there, and you talk to many people in web two companies like Facebook, they're starting to get into web three. Most of them, their primary source of data for determining who has quote unquote traction would be looking at coin market cap because what the VCs and some of those other parties I mentioned have failed to grasp is that unlike stock markets that are relatively efficient, In which you have lots of analyst firms writing reports, you have hedge funds that short things that don't make sense, and you have all of these correcting mechanisms. None of that exists in blockchain. So what that leads to is a lot of projects that don't make sense having very, very high market caps, whereas the most used blockchain in the world with the most eyeballs, which is Wax, has a relatively low market cap because it's not being manipulated. And the value of the wax token on any given day is directly attributable to what's happening on the chain right now. And I can give you a bunch of examples of that. One would be last year when Farmer's World was holding a big sale for NFTs, the price of wax pumped 33% on that day. And the reason was not because. There was speculation or people expected some special thing to come of this. Like often when on other chains, you have some news and the price pumps, even though it's hard to directly attribute that news to something happening on chain. With this, people needed wax to buy the farmer's rolled items. It was that simple. So they went and bought wax and the price went up. Another example would be Binance had to turn off withdrawals from wax for a day because they ran out of wax in their hot wallet. And volume in Farmer's World dropped 40% because there was such a just-in-time thing happening where people would go to Binance, buy wax, withdraw it, and go buy stuff for Farmer's World that Binance turning off their withdrawals for 24 hours caused Farmer's World's on-chain activity to drop 40%. And then the best example would be just yesterday We saw Wax suddenly pump, even though CoinMarketCap apparently didn't reflect in their top gainers. We were the top gainer yesterday at one point. Uh, And the reason, I believe, is that one, tomorrow we have the final tranche of Mattel Hot Wheels items going for sale for WaxP. And we also have our Brawliseum sale for blockchain brawlers that will be sold this week. So I believe you have people going to buy Wax because they want to buy the Hot Wheels items and they want to buy the Brawliseum NFTs for blockchain brawlers, and therefore it impacted the price. I think there is no other blockchain or crypto in the world in which the on-chain activity right now has an impact on price. So Wax is a reflection of actual operational reality and actual traction. Whereas other chains are just indicative of a lot of manipulation and a lot of speculation and very little on-chain activity. For example, you'd think that Solana's price might drop on days when its chain goes down for 24 hours, right? But it doesn't because there's so much speculative headroom that what happens on the chain is completely irrelevant. Uh very similar. Uh, sometimes you see similar things on Polygon, like, you know, Sunflower Farmer, had to turn off its game because the gas fees had gone up so much because around a million transactions a day, things started to break down Uh, and it caused a lot of problems and they had to actually turn off their game. And so, you know, that should have been something that if it was indicative of operational reality, you would have seen an impact and you didn't. So I think that this is one area where crypto is fundamentally broken And it's not going to change until people start looking at the on-chain data, until data sites actually start reporting all the data, and people start realizing also that, unlike stock markets, coin and crypto market cap is
0: not indicative of operational reality or operational traction. That was actually one of the first things I really understood because I had a friend that was really big into investing in crypto for the longest time, was trying to draw me in on a speculative play. But it really wasn't until understanding the value of uh, all of this technology entering through wax, to be honest. And when it came down to the actual tokenomics that he was teaching me and all this stuff, I was like, "This doesn't even make sense. Why this thing is so amazing and the price doesn't line up?" And I remember having just countless uh, examples of that. And just one day, he goes, "It's like you have to understand the emotion of it, and you have found something that actually has a lot of value and all of these things, and it's not going to be reflected unless the emotion moves with it." When he said that, it kind of went off in my head, and I said, "Okay, that really it makes sense because I was so excited about Wax and I." thought this was like the greatest thing since sliced bread and it just wasn't moving. And I couldn't understand why he wasn't investing in it, but he understood the emotions of things and it wasn't about the fundamentals. So that's another subject in itself that I wasn't even prepared to go down. But as far as the actual, the value of what's going on on wax, well, clearly Some big brands are seeing the value of it because some of the properties that you just named, I know uh, Street Fighter ones, I collected those. There was Funko. You guys have worked with Saw. I mean, Major League Baseball, their first ones. I thought that was a huge deal. How are you reaching out to all of these different brands and creating this stuff? Because it's so hard to onboard people in the business world onto a blockchain, but it seems like you guys do it with ease.
1: Yeah, well, the thing is, big brands care about operational reality. So if a big brand were to go and try to sell something on a blockchain and due to gas fees, due to scalability in terms of how many NFTs could actually be minted in a reasonable time frame, et cetera, they could only reach, you know, a few thousand customers, it would be a major failure. That's what other chains look like. You know, it is very difficult to mint any items at scale. Either gas fees get in the way or the scalability of the blockchain itself gets in the way. Whereas on Wax, you have, it's low cost, it's high speed, and it's massively scalable. It is the most scalable blockchain in the world. And so our numbers just eclipse everyone. Uh, and, And it's in practice. There's been a lot of criticism out there of Solana's reported numbers. And, you know, a lot of it's about them including handshakes between servers and stuff like that. I mean, on Wax, it's all real transactions of actual things happening with NFTs and actual game transactions. And it just scales to the level that a big brand needs. A big brand does not define success as 10 items sold. A big brand needs to be able to sell millions of items. And Wax is the only blockchain that can actually deliver that at low cost, with high speed, and with the scalability that a large brand is looking for. We're literally the only one. None of the other blockchains have proven they can do what we do, that we do every day. They deliver things in low quantities at high cost, is what other blockchains do, whereas WAX does the opposite. Very, very high quantities at low cost. And that's what translates for big brands. That's what they want to do. They want to reach their whole audience. These big brands are built on the backs of a lot of eyeballs and wax is the only chain with a lot of eyeballs. It is ironic that in web one and web two, everyone used to talk about eyeballs because eyeballs are what matters. And even when you had companies that were losing a lot of money in web one and web two, like Amazon, for example, people didn't care because they. what people understood is that the technology with the most eyeballs will ultimately win. And you also had the idea that the application layers where the value lies, not the underlying infrastructure. Otherwise, HTML would be the biggest company in the world, right? You have, you have HTML corp. But for some reason in blockchain, one, eyeballs, everyone seems to ignore. And they focus on easily manipulated dollar volume by a small number of whales. and. They value the infrastructure layer rather than the application layer, which is what you see when you have so many protocols dominating the market cap charts as opposed to applications with lots of eyeballs. So the world is upside down in crypto and it'll take a while, I think, for the right level of sanity to come into play. But at some point it needs to. And maybe in the current shakeout, Where all the companies that the VCs threw so much money at and that achieved such massive market caps, uh, but that now are suddenly going bankrupt. Maybe that will cause people to start looking at this through a different lens. Hopefully that lens is not that all crypto is a scam and all crypto is bad, because it's not. The lens should just be, well, there was a lot of bad stuff, but there are some things in which the technology is being applied in a way that is very useful and where value is actually accruing.
0: When, of course, In the late 90s, early 2000s, that's when I was in high school and I was building websites and what have you. And I remember a lot of people saying, well, don't you see this Internet stuff is a fad? The bubble has already bursted. And I remember I was building websites for e-commerce and what have you at that time. And when I hear this stuff now, to me, it's almost like, wow, history really does repeat itself. What ends up happening is. All those speculative people that were launching projects and ideas and things like that without anything behind it, they're just washed out, as you were just saying. And then the people that really had some teeth or some body behind what they were doing, they stick around and they grow. As you were saying earlier with Amazon and some other companies during that time, they didn't go away. We thought the Internet was dead, according to this, quote unquote, media experts. Right. So. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes out of this, uh, whatever you want to call it, a bear market, a down market, or a purging market. I don't know what, you, what word you'd use, but uh, I think WAX and other projects such as this is going to emerge stronger. I really do. Earlier, you were speaking about like the scalability and everything. Have you guys have any kind of limit as to what it can do? Because I know uh, I saw that you pushed out something. I forget what it was. It was like a million NFTs for something, which probably was a record. I've never heard a number that big. It was like... Uh... 10 million NFTs. 10 million. There we go. Was that all at once or how was that done? It was minted over a couple of days
1: because we didn't want, I mean, minting 10 million NFTs is still not going to be something that, you know, would not affect resource costs and things like that. It's a lot of NFTs. So in order to minimize the impact on the chain and resource costs, we kind of slow rolled it over a few days. But yeah it was a lot of nfts the wax chain itself is now at almost 300 million nfts on chain
0: wow that is just absolutely amazing that's hard to even fathom but that is just very cool just really show the the scope of everything and at the same time too all of this amazing tech somehow you've managed to make it so user-friendly not only for people to build on but for also people to come on as you know the collectors or the buyers or the gamers and i think that is one of the things that It's clear that you put a lot of thought into it from day one. So what is that like, not only creating superior tech, but making it very accessible and understandable and relatable? From our
1: perspective, we still haven't done a good enough job of that. You know, we are continuing to evolve our tools and trying to make them more user-friendly, but I think at its core, the idea that you're allowing a simple sign-on with the wallet allowing you to sign in with an email address and password or social sign-on and securing the account with 2FA and using that as a single sign-on across a whole ecosystem. you know That's very familiar to people. That does make it a lot easier to use. And I think that's kind of one of the keys to why people perceive it as so user-friendly. But from our perspective, where you know we're kind of perfectionists, we still believe we have a long way to go and we're working on a lot more improvements.
0: Well, that's good to hear that you guys aren't settling for where you are, because I always use this as the example when someone's trying to understand, well, I can't get this stuff. I say start with Wax. Right now, it's if you can handle Facebook, you can handle Twitter, any of those profiles, logging in, and having a uh, simple user interface as visual, just go with that and then build out from there. So I'm excited to hear that you aren't settling for where you are, because... I think uh, some great things are going to come out of WAX. Is there anything coming up that you would really like to uh, tap into that should help with mass adoption or something that should really help to bring in a new wave of people, especially as we emerge out of this current downtime?
1: There's a number of things, right? Part of why WAX Studios started launching our own games is largely because we wanted to start to build a showpiece for what you can do on WAX. And we weren't seeing yet Uh, what we wanted to see at at the level of quality that we thought things should be at. This is why we have started to think about ourselves as like a Web3 version of Epic Games, because Epic Games, as you know, has, has its engine. And they build games on top of that engine in order to showcase what it can do. And Fortnite is obviously a tremendous example of that, in which they built another game to showcase their tech, and it turned into... One of the biggest games in the world, if not the biggest game in the world. And so that's how we see our business now. So we're building lots of games. We're building a metaverse. We're also starting to really push hard into cross-chain functionality to work with other chains to make WAX compatible across chains. And we believe that would lead to more eyeballs on our content and then ultimately more eyeballs on WAX because... If WAX is one of the chains in this cross-chain universe, we believe it'll attract more users to the ecosystem by kind of developing all these games that work across multiple blockchains. And then WAX is where they will run the fastest and the smoothest and the cheapest. And so a player of those games would then get some exposure to WAX through, through playing those games. And so we believe that might be a good way to, to shine a light on the tech we've built.
0: I think that is a good area too, as well. I know Draco Dice was one of the projects that I was really looking into. And at first, when I heard about it and was trying to understand why this was such a big deal, I was like, "Eh, it's just dice. But then I understood that whole cross-chain goal that they were having. And it would actually help out so many developers and people that are launching other games not to have to build every single individual part. So I think that is a, a great goal to have for the chain because I really see Wax as the blockchain that is powering everything, but also offering the tools to help people create great things for the years going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to continue building out lots of infrastructure for developers to to come build on Wax, as well as cross-chain infrastructure to help developers easily develop across multiple chains. And then our own showpieces with our own game content. So people can see examples of how to do it, which kind of brings me back to one of my earlier points about value accruing to the application layer. We do find it to be very odd the way people are so exclusive to certain blockchains. In our mind, it's almost like if you were looking at apps in the app store and you're like, well, I'm only going to use the ones that use SQL server, not Linux that's kind of what it would be like but no one cares about the back end people care about the front end and blockchains are really just a back end so it's always surprising to us that people care so much about the back end in our space but it's part of where the world is still a little upside down and so that's one of the things by building our our front end content to be multi-chain and cross-chain we think it'll help put the focus on the user experience and the application layer
0: more so than what is really just a back-end technology with protocols i think that is great before i ask you for any closing statements or anything like that i would like to just put an idea out there which i think would just be amazing and of course it would also require a little collaboration but twitter as far as a couple things working with them to have wax nfts To Twitter. I know that would require a partnership with them and what have you, but also they have uh, this payment offer where creators could be tipped in Bitcoin or ETH. But really, who's going to pay those transactions to do that? It's really impractical. No one uses that feature. I think it would be so much more practical. And this is something I've been elaborating Twitter with and uh, with tweeting them and tagging them is to integrate wax for some of this stuff. If you want people to really use it, why not use the chain that makes it possible and practical to do this stuff? I think that'd be awesome.
1: I agree. It's a matter of getting, people. this is back to the earlier point as well. A lot of those big blockchains are listening to VCs on which chains to integrate. And the VCs are one conflicted because they obviously then push the chains they're invested in. And two, the VCs decide what to invest in based on coin market cap, not based on operational reality. So you got to get Twitter and Facebook and these other platforms Looking at the on-chain data so that they'll understand why it's not working. So yeah, if you want to tweet them, tweet them links to DAP radar, to the desk DAP radar industry overview report. So they could actually see how scalable Wax is compared to the other chains. Cause until we get everyone looking at on-chain data, people will continue being misled by market cap and misled by the metrics that don't matter and not making the right decisions
0: makes sense. And I definitely will. I will continue to do that. I've been doing that and telling my friends to do the same thing that do enjoy wax. So again, I just want to really thank you for taking the time to explain all of this stuff and really highlight wax and the amazing things that you guys are doing. Is there any closing idea that you'd like to leave us with as far as what to look out for with wax?
1: I think I've probably covered most of it. We're really going to be pushing the cross chain, like I said, Part of our project working with the EOS Foundation is to bring EVM compatibility to WAX as well. So we do have a lot of big initiatives planned. WAX Studios has a lot more games planned. Music Mogul is our next one coming up after Brawlers. So just be on the lookout for all the cool things we are working on.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Wax is just doing some amazing things and I've always been so excited and bullish on the blockchain. But after listening to this, I hopefully you feel the same enthusiasm that I do towards Wax and I'll leave some links to some of those things that I've covered in this interview. And please feel free to tweet at Twitter. Tell them to integrate Wax. There's some amazing things over there and what they're doing with ETH and Bitcoin is cool and all, but there's so much being left on the table by not including Wax. So... As usual, I want to thank you for listening to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.